Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Luca here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and today we're back with the crew uh, with Cody Boom Boom McBroom. What's good? And Theo. What's up? Royal. <laughs> and we're not gonna we're gonna tell you that story about another day um but from that from now on that's just you know that's one of the aka's at vigor we have a lot of aka's like everybody has like 27 different aka's um which is just a fun way you know for us to kind of uh, tell stories but today's edition today today's podcast is actually going to be uh, on uh building muscle and um, somewhat also performance as well but but a lot of it's going to be building muscle we, we actually get quite a lot of these questions we talk so much about uh you know getting lean weight loss um because that is in the reality is like a, a lot more people come to us for that initially um but everyone that's sitting at this table right now actually has a story of uh building a lot of muscle actually for me i was a pretty skinny kid i wish we could just like zap in one of the pictures when I was about 15 years old, um, it's why I started lifting weights because I was not really that tall for basketball. Like, um, and I wasn't like really buff or have some crazy genetics. So, you know, weight training uh, was was the first step into this world of becoming stronger and improving my athletic performance, which led me down this uh, this whole kind of like journey of, of of where I am now. But you know, also when when Theo came here, same thing. He was playing a you know a basketball player like me. Uh, was about 150 pounds and, you know, put on almost shit, almost 50 pounds in a, in a course of like about a year and a half. Whereas Cody, uh, his journey was dropping about what, 45 pounds? Yeah, total. About, about 45 pounds and then um, putting on about 10 to 15 of, of muscle and staying and staying lean. So, uh, you know, I think we'd all say that it's actually many times more difficult to put on quality muscle than it is to uh to to lose weight and i'm not you know i'm i'm, I'm far from sitting here going like losing weight is easy because there's a lot of different factors that you know govern it from behavioral to belief systems to psychological biological physiological so so there's a lot of stuff that that's going on there and i don't want to be like hey it's real easy to do but but um but you know if, if, if we looked at losing 20 pounds versus gaining 20 pounds. I'm pretty sure everybody will tell you gaining 20 pounds of quality muscle is pretty damn tough. Uh, so, you know, let's start off by uh, what we'll, cause we'll kind of make this round table like, but you know, for you guys, when it comes to actual training, right. And uh, when it comes to actual training, what were the factors? We'll start with you. Like what were the factors that you feel that were really important or, or a big factor in uh, uh, helping you start building muscle. Cause when you came, I remember when you came here, like, man, it's really tough for me to put on weight. Like I can, you know, pretty much the, the, the seafood diet, right. Anything you'd see you'd eat, which <laughs> yeah. you're kind of still on that diet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Most um, definitely, yeah. yeah. But, but you know, what do you think was the factor that they got you over the hump over the initial hump? I'll say when it comes to strength training for me, um, you know, major, major lift, something that I always struggle with. I remember being a freshman in high school and we had to be in the weight training room uh, a couple of times a week. And like I could barely bench, you know, 95 pounds, um, you know, as a freshman. And like I remember like 
seeing like the older guys were putting up like 225 for like reps. And I was like, damn, you know, these guys are monsters. So, you know, that, that kind of drove that, that drove me, especially like when I came here, I wanted to hit uh, a certain um, mark for, for my bench or a certain amount of weight, same with my deadlift and, and, and from my squat. So I think at, at that point it was building strength and I knew that the stronger that I got, that the bigger I was going to get as well. Like, especially, you know, the way I was I was eating. So um, and, and I expressed that to, to Cody, I believe that, you know, at the time that you were helping him out with uh, with programming and, and you guys put that together. And like I saw a crazy amount of of strength increase within, you know, that first year going from like. I think when I got here, it was probably at like a 205 pound bench press. And then over the course of that year or probably I think it was like 14, 15 months, I maxed out at like 360. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah. yeah. And I think like the most important thing, too, is like in everybody's goal is he focused on hitting numbers on the bench and that made him get big. Right. Where if you solely and I had this issue, if you're solely focusing on losing X amount of pounds or gaining X amount of pounds, it's just such a slow road. You're going to get really frustrated. And then I think you're just too focused on body image versus performance. So one thing that helped me a lot recently, as I'm currently in a, I don't want to say bulk, but gaining style phase, cause I like to stay lean when I do it is I'm focusing on PRs and numbers like that. And then I'm not really focusing on the scale so much and worried about that. And it helps a lot with the journey. Cause like you said at the beginning, building muscle just takes a long ass time. And that's why it's, not as easy as losing weight, you know, but, but both of you <clears throat> said this and I, you know, just going back with that, like number one, uh, or should I say one of the big factors is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Like I know that, you know, and we'll talk about nutrition in a little bit, but you know, with Theo, with both of you guys, it was like at that point in time, definitely chasing numbers. Yeah. Right. And, and we always talk about, uh, kind of like the outcome versus behavior goals and all this different yeah. stuff. There's a lot, you know, if, if you go from 205 on a bench to 360 on a bench press, you're going to look different, yeah, you know, and, absolutely. and uh, even, even if you, um, if you look at like uh, sports where you want to stay in certain weight categories and, and if anybody follows Eric Cressy, you should obviously one of the smartest dudes out there. But, you know, he said when he was working to get get a bigger deadlift, but stay in the same weight range. Like it was, it's actually really difficult because yeah. you're putting on muscle yeah. and his back would just keep growing and growing. Right? right. And so, and, and that's almost, it's the same thing here. You know, if, if you're weak, one of the best ways to put on muscle is to get stronger. Yep. Um, and, and with that said, I'm going to, you know, this is something probably we maybe, maybe wouldn't have talked about five, six years ago, but you know, now it, it really is such an important factor. And I, you know, I, I wish that I was doing more when I was younger, uh, but it's just making sure that you have like really good quality form. And obviously there's two big reasons for that. One, cause you don't want to get injured and beat up. And the thing is, if you don't have good movement patterns, if you don't have good mobility and stability in the right places, you're going to get injured, right? Or you're going to have nagging injuries and all that once it just slows down progress, right? But number two is also you'll be able to lift better and the right muscles work, right? Just perfect example. You go and do a Romanian deadlift and you have really tight hip flexors and you try to go low. You're not moving from the hamstrings anymore. You're moving from the low back, yeah. right? So you're beating up your low back. All types of bad stuff is happening. Now you got good form. You got good mobility. You got good posture and and movement patterns, you're getting the right muscles to be under tension for longer periods of time. So you're healthier, you're working the right muscles and the tension in them and so on and so forth. So it's like, it's almost anything we talk about, like the prerequisite is to have quality movement. Yeah. I and, think a um, big part as a guy is like, 
like dropping the ego. And I had to yep. do that when I came here, you know, cause like when, so when I lost that weight, I, I became, I went from being the chubby dude to like joining your guys' crew and being the skinny guy. And then I'm like, shit, now I got to put on size and I wanted to do the weights you guys were doing, but then I'm doing a row and I'm swinging it up. I'm not getting full range of motion. My shoulders impinging, like all these bad things. Right. So you guys had to kind of tell me the same things, like check the ego and just work on form. Yeah. And, and then I grew like crazy. Right. And so we do, you know, because <clears throat> we train quite a few athletes here, like people come in and a lot of, you know, and, and there's a lot of different programs, but everybody's heard of BFS, right? Bigger, faster, stronger. We've mm-hmm. been, uh, I've done a lot of like speed clinics at high schools. And they're like, well, we do the BFS program and, and everything is about numbers, right? It's just like, just get the numbers up. And then you start seeing some of the form because, you know, the coach is real like, hey, you just got to get the numbers up. And it's just bad, bad, bad form. So when, when we get people here, we're like, sure, like, hey, we can move on to this as soon as you can show me this, right? Mm-hmm. It's like goblet squats for 10. Yeah. And then people are crying because it's so difficult to right. do a, a goblet squat that that's, you know, cleaned up form, good posture, all that stuff. So it's almost like creating, you know, I'd say you will probably get more out of it. Uh, I would say fixing your patterns, like do a, you know, four to eight week program, just like fixing your movement and then going, uh, moving forward with the right exercises for you than to just load it, right? Yeah. To just load is, is going to beat you up. And with that said, actually, Mike was just going over this. If somebody that's a beginner, right? If you're a beginner, you can actually see progress with just 40 to 50% of yeah. your max, of your max uh, amount of weight that you can lift. 40 to 50%, right? So what, what this means is the, the minimal effective <laughs> dose. I think the, a lot of times somebody starts lifting they go gung ho and it's like too much, you know, at, yeah. too much at, at one time. But the body's really likes, or should I say, reacts well to progressive overload, right? In the beginning, when you're beginning, you don't have to start with like crazy stuff. It's better to go with lighter. And when I say lighter weights, it doesn't mean lightweight, but good form. And right. then you just start building up on it and constantly pushing that whole, uh, I would say, the, the numbers game, right? Now, at a certain point in time, like what happens when... You know, for instance, you get to three. When, once you start getting to these numbers, right? I start deadlifting in the five hundreds. You start benching in, you know, close to the fours or whatever. You're not like you can't keep chasing numbers yeah, like yeah, that, right? Yeah, you hit that plateau. So, so just to, for you guys, I got, I'll I'll chip in, uh, in at the end. But just you know, what are what are some of the ways that you know people can I'll put on more muscle mass once they start hitting certain numbers and plateauing. Cause like you guys said, right. It's like, look, it's a long game. Right. If, if you just added five pounds a week, right. In a year, you'd be, a thousand everybody pounds. be benching and deadlifting a thousand. So what is just some ways that you can add? Um, I would just say there's tools and strategies where, where, where people can break up cycles of just pushing numbers and, and, and do different things. Man, I think, I think learning how to progress in different ways. Uh, so not just focusing on um, a lot of people don't track their total volume. Right. So when I started really looking at how many rep sets I was actually doing per workout, then I could be like, oh, I can just literally add one more set of 10. And I'm actually progressing without adding a bunch of intensity or load into my onto my joints and all this stuff. So I think that's important, not looking at progressive overload solely as adding weight to the bar. Um, I also think that 
exercise variation obviously helps. But one thing that helped me is actually going back and looking at mobility. Cause I did that at the beginning and I, I worked on my perfect form and everything. And then I kept adding weight, adding weight. Then I hit this plateau. And then you took me through a bunch of like scapular stuff for my shoulders and everything. And then all of a sudden I added 10 pounds on my incline bench within the last three weeks. Right. And I don't know if I gained a ton of muscle instantly and helped that, but the movement quality is so much better. And we saw last night that I was repping out more than I have in a long time on incline bench or ever. I think that, you know, the point with that uh, ends up becoming that we're, we're I'm going to keep coming back to this analogy, right? It's like the plane on the airstrip, right? It's a, it's a foot to the left and nobody notices it, right? It's this big plane, one foot to the left. Who cares? Who gives a shit? It's just, you know, but the thing is that plane flies for 10 hours straight and lands in a different country, right? And, and that's what I think happens with training is like we do well, we progress, and then we kind of fall off a little bit with yep. form or working on, Hey, you know, like I don't, I don't need to worry about my scapular movement and range of motion and end ranges and mobility as much. And six months later, all of a sudden your scap doesn't move well. You right. know, like that you're, you're, you're more, I would say locked up. Your nervous system says, ah, I'm going to downregulate this a little bit. This is not safe. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, you're not pushing as much weight and you don't really, or maybe it's adrenal fatigue or whatever it may be. So things like that is that when you get things to work properly, a lot of times you can unlock the emergency brakes, right? That the right. nervous system is putting on. And then you see like these quick gains, right? It's, it's like the, I remember the first time I, I bench pressed uh, and I was in a gym, I bench pressed 135 for like five and I was shaking. I was just like, holy. And I was training hard, right? I was, I was playing ball. I was training hard. But like a week or two weeks later, I was benching 165, you know, and then 185. Yeah. Now, did I get that much stronger? No, it's just like neural patterns, right? Yeah. It's just like I got better. I got more efficient at like doing that exercise. And and, and that kind of leads me to, you know, that, that some of the best ways, like if you plateau, uh, I think a great way to kind of to, to, to break through it is just to really change the method of training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it becomes fun too, right? So if you were, I mean, even, even stuff like German volume training or you do a bodybuilding phase or you do, you know, you switch it up and you go conjugate, or maybe you do some block stuff or the cube method or whatever. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different stuff that you can do. Like that tends to break through plateaus because people get very stuck in yeah, their own kind of way. exploring different different yep. methods and yeah, everything, right. and and that's the problem at the beginning. A lot of people go to big box gyms, and if you just go in and wing it, you're essentially doing the same thing over and over again. You don't know if you're progressing. Um, you're not following a system, and I think that was my issue when I first started. Before I came here four years ago, you know, it was like. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And then you end up doing the same kind of stuff over and over again. And you're not really going anywhere at, at the beginning. You'll gain, right? Cause you're, you're as a, a beginner. You'll gain doing Regardless. anything. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Um, but what, you know, this is like, this really always stood out to me is that assessment as, uh, precedes awareness and awareness precedes change. And, you know, just like the numbers on a checkbook, I do think like journaling is, it is a very, very powerful way of just seeing where you're at. Yeah. It's just it's same with nutrition, right? We kind of come back to this whole whole uh, process of uh, assessment and stuff. But, you know, for, for you, have you been like tracking, like even from for the last, I don't know, year or two, like just paying attention to where you are with certain things and certain lifts and certain. Like, well, like I, I was at I was at first and it really, it really wasn't even me because when I was when I was training with Cody, you know, he had his he had his book and, you know, we'd write my numbers in there. Actually, yep. he would. I wouldn't even 
I wouldn't even touch it because I just like I went into every training session with kind of like a goal in mind. Like, okay, well, I know what I hit last week or I check I check out what I hit last week and say, okay, I'm going to either I'm going to either add a rep or I'm going to go up five pounds this week. Um, So that was kind of like my mindset then. Now it's kind of like, you know, what Cody talked about is and and you guys have seen me on a daily basis and, and, and post some videos on mobility and movement and stuff like that. Like I haven't been doing a crazy amount of uh, of exercises. I've been like doing a couple of exercises, but making sure that I get in the mobility flow. And what that's actually done is that's helped me, you know, in my upper, I see my upper body becoming almost more defined and, you know, with a better posture, just be go- by going through, through certain movements, because now I'm kind of almost like restructuring that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and just being on my hands so much and making sure that everything is, is firing and moving, moving together. And that's just body weight. You know, that's not even a a crazy amount of weight or a crazy amount of volume. Um, So now I feel like, you know, I'm 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 re I'm redoing my my foundation because then it was, you know, we were kind of I improved my mobility when I first got here. But at the same time, you know, there was things that that weren't addressed for me that I wasn't aware of that I could have become better at and and improved that and really built like a solid foundation. Because what had happened was I was crushing those numbers and I got bigger you know, I gained 52 pounds uh, and held that for like eight months before, um, you know, that really serious back injury mm-hmm. um, that that took a long time to nurse. But that became that was like a nagging injury, you know, and I think that a lot of guys and, and uh, you know, and women out there who are who are trying to put on muscle will push through the pain. You know, and we see that here with with our clients that, you know, we can tell that they're in pain and we'll just say, hey, you know, drop the weight and then own the, you know, own the rep. And they're like, you know, the ego gets in the way, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Even though, you know, us as coaches are telling them something, it's like, no, I want to do this because, you know, more weight equals better results. Right. Um, Which, which we know is not true. So, you know, I think that's why I become so passionate about the movement portion is because, you know, I've, I've, I've been there. And those nagging injuries are going to keep popping up. It's so for me, it's time bomb. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that shit hurt. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that I never want to go back to. Um, and, and now, I mean, you saw me pulling deadlifts like before. I, I couldn't even get into full extension of my hips in the deadlift, even though I was lifting 525 and feeling good, good about it at the time. You know, I was pulling 455 last night for multiple, multiple reps and a lot of sets. And, and it was super clean. And I don't feel... I don't feel sore at all. And I think like, like what, and this is what, and I'll be a hundred percent real. This is why I neglect mobility so much. (laughs) It's not like the sexy, cool thing to do. Like, I'm like, I want to bench. I want to deadlift. I want to curl. I want to get big. I want to do like these things. And it's like, no, you got to like do your, your at least five minutes of like mobility flow tissue work. And I'm like, like, I don't want to do that. Like that doesn't sound fun at all. But the truth of the matter is I've spent Literally, I think three full weeks doing at least five minutes before my workout, usually 10 to 15. And I feel so much better and my weights are going up. And if my weights are going up, my muscles will grow more, period. The thing so, is, you know, it's, it's all about body is pretty much bottlenecks. But, you know, people people like to do things they're good at. Right. You, you get yeah. hypermobile people that like to go to yoga, you get, you know, strong people like to, to power lift. Right. Explosive people like to do this. And hey, it's it is it's normal. right? It's natural in, in a sense. But. I, I think it's very important to constantly be able to, to create those assessments, right? So assess awareness uh, creates change. And so I think that, you know, why having, why I love the R7 system from Mike Robertson is because you kind of 
between before every training session, even if you're powerlifting, even if you're doing whatever, you have kind of like this checklist of like, all right, mm, this isn't this isn't feeling or looking great. That's why I love the flow stuff, you know that that uh, Theo's teaching a lot. But um, where you kind of it's 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 like communication with the body, right? Like every morning, I'm doing five to ten minutes of flow. And I can see what's going on. Like, oh, man, this is tight. Oh, this is wound up. You you kind of have this communication with your own body to see what's going on. Right. And and I know we kind of veered off because we're, we're talking about muscle building, but it's that important. I think. And now, you know, we've all been through, I would say, injuries and sport and and things where you go like, OK, that that way doesn't work. You, you have like I'd rather have four to five percent less results in the short term so that I can have more in the long term and then right. maintain that and sustain that and not get hurt. Right. Um, you know, and, and same like this kind of conversation leads into um, where everybody talks about the big lifts and you got to do the big lifts to get bigger. And, and as much as I'm a fan uh, of, you know, uh, deadlifts, bench, military presses, squatting, um, I, I, I also think that, you know, the whole like round pegs don't fit into square holes another way around is assessing the person for what they're ready for. I, you know, I haven't done heavy, heavy, heavy back squats for years until we did the, that like one rep max test and, and warrior, which was really actually happy that I squat, I think about 400. Um, and, but at the same time, the risk to benefit ratio, uh, for me just isn't there. Not so me, it, yeah. right. Meaning same thing. If you, if you get an athlete and the athlete wants to get bigger and stronger, the ultimate goal. And I'm like, of course you want to look good. That's great. And, and that'll be kind of like fit into it, but your ultimate result is like being better on the field, right? So bigger, stronger, but you want to be healthy and be better on the field. So if I, it, it, if you squat 600, but aren't better on the field and are injured, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. The guy that comes in and says like, Hey, look, like my, my, my goal is to be able to play with my kids. I play pickup basketball, but I want to look like this guy, whatever, and it's a guy on a cover on men's fitness, you know, is there a rule that says you have to back squat them or that you have to do uh, this specific type of deadlift? And, and the answer is no. So, you know, getting better at picking exercises that work for you, depending on where you are, is like very, very, very important, you know, so that may mean doing neutral dumbbell bench presses instead of, you know, pronated because your shoulders are bugging, right? And you're working on your shoulder health and in the meantime training, but still putting on muscle, or maybe it's picking more body weight exercises. And trust me, like you can build muscle with a lot of body weight exercises if you do enough volume or depending where you are on your fitness level. Right. So the, the great thing about it is that, um, there's, there's so many ways, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. Um, and the big lifts I think are very, especially if you're starting off, I think it's key that you take the time to do them well, and see what you can and can't do and then work that. Um, but I think, I think that's it though, is like exploring like what tools you got, you know, like here we got, you know, we got the TRXs, we got barbells, we got, you know, the landmines, we got, we got everything, damn it. sandbags, right? <laughs> but like you see like a lot of gyms will specialize in just barbells or just kettlebells or just, you know, uh, you know, a specific, a specific tool or just sandbags, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those those have all had like their their time kind of like their 15 minutes of fame and then they kind of fizzle out it's but like tool. there's like, way to tool. implement it right yeah. especially you know the way we we use it in team training i think that's why a lot of those things kind of pass by because they get implemented in the team training it's like well, okay well now 
what is this thing? You know, it's not just a one and only tool that I'm going to use. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. Like, I think that more people need to start doing that, exploring what you have to work with and and see what works best for you. Are you going to use a are you going to use a kettlebell to squat or are you going to use a barbell to back squat for somebody who can't get into uh, into a proper, uh, you know, movement pattern with the back squat? Right. So how are you going to load it up? There's just never. and, And that goes for nutrition, too. There's just never one thing. Right. That works for everybody. There's no universal tool. There's no universal theory. And anybody who's like any coach that really is like, we have to do it this way because this is the only way that works. This is how I do it. I just don't I don't believe in that personally. I don't think is like, for instance, when I went from, uh, you know, I I grew up. I mean, it's like we all grew up, I think, thinking, well, strength training is really bodybuilding just because it was. mainstream and then from there I learned like hold on like there's a whole field of strength and conditioning exploring that and then when in 2000 like I can't even remember this is like 15 at least 15 years ago but you know when I first started doing kettlebells and you know uh, I got so intrigued because my brother's like hey look my my friend's gonna take us through some stuff with this metal ball right you wanna come work out with me (laughs) like metal ball what the fuck okay I'll go and you know so I went it's like this 35 40 minute workout that just crushed my soul and like here I was like this you know basketball right. player, like crazy condition. I was, and, and I got pissed off. I was like, there's no way this metal ball will crush me. Right. So I started going twice a week and then, you know, started digging into like enter the kettlebell and like uh, the Russian kettlebell challenge and all that stuff. And really, you know, I can't, I became hooked on them to a degree that like, I would say 60% of my training was all kettlebells. And in about a year and a half period, I had the most insane results in strength and just the way I looked and everything. And obviously I got a little sold on it. Um, and that's why I started doing a lot of kettlebells. And, and now I understand it's just a tool. But when when I when I talked about the novelty of it, right, it, I, I was I was very kind of like bound up by what I thought training was and then started working with those tools and, you know, really getting focused on that, got tons of results, you know, and and then kind of just started going like, OK, well, this is a piece. Right. It's just a tool right. tool in a toolbox. And it's great because there's also obviously a methodology behind it. And uh, the things that I was doing were so different, you know, from from ladders to like not doing as many reps to so on and so forth. But I think that's the cool thing about, you know, just training in general that, you know, you go over time and, and it's like you know, been doing it for so long, but you always have fun just exploring new things. Right. And, um, and no matter where you are, I'd, I'd have you consider, you know, if you're stuck to just explore new options. Um, yeah. and, and, and those new options may be like what, you know, both Cody and Theo were talking about, you know, how like just working on movement and the quality of your movement and being a control movement, maybe the game changer that you need. I mean, same thing. I blew up my back like viciously, really hard. Honestly, we, we thought, I'm going to have to get like back, like some serious back surgery, I had femoral nerve entrapment. I, I mean, it was just bad, bad, bad. Like uh, I was out for months, couldn't like sleep on a bed, couldn't walk, had to crawl, put on my socks and stuff. And, you know, it, same thing, like working on all these foundational things kind of rehab me uh, to where I am now, which is pretty much 100 percent. You know, I, I have no pain on a daily basis. Um, you know, I can I can do everything. Right. So. I had to explore that avenue, unfortunately, because uh, I would say I, it made me do it, right? Like the right. injury made me do it. It was like, it was, I, I didn't see any other option but to go and fix it, you know, at least work on it myself. So, you know, with that, I'd say, look, if if you're stuck with your muscle building, explore different things, you know, like reach out. Uh, I'm, I'm like a big fan. <laughs> I talked about this before. Uh, models, right? Like models in the sense of, 
if somebody's uh you know skinny and wants to put on muscle like find someone that's done what you want to do right so i, I know a lot of people reached out to you right because because yeah. it's like in that like about a, about a year and a half two year time frame uh it was just like hold on is that Theo? yeah <laughs> my fuckers thought i was on steroids <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, was, it was just like hold on is that Theo right there because we put up before and after picture and it looked like we photoshopped it from how skinny he was before it was like crazy uh i think we'll i think we'll we'll put the we'll put his both of these guys's pictures on the page under the video for the podcast so that you can kind of see the difference but um you know but people started reaching out right because it's like how did you do it right same thing with you right it's like how did you do it right and so i think finding models is is so good even if it's just friends that have been successful go you know, hey can i join you at the gym can i see what you're doing right i mean you'll have way better progress because you'll have accountability, but you have somebody that's been there, done that, um, than trying to figure it all out by yourself. When I uh, think like, I heard Joe DeFranco say this one time, I'm a big fan of him. And this is probably why Theo got crazy results is because like the best program for you is the program you're not currently doing. Yep. Right. And I think that's key. And like when I came to you recently and I was like, yo, like I, I just like, I'm kind of stuck. I'm at a plateau. My hip flexors all jacked up. Like you asked me some questions, figure out what I was doing, the volume I was doing, the type of training I was doing, where I'm hurting. And then you gave me something I needed and it was far from what I was doing. And I'm getting crazy results because of it. Theo came to us and he was probably doing flex magazines, uh, Ronnie Coleman workout. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. And (laughs) And, uh, when he came to us, it was totally different, right? We were focusing on performance. We were doing explosive stuff. We were doing probably like West Side Barbell style stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it created crazy results, right? And we are always periodizing that. So I think that's like the, the biggest key. And that goes for fat loss too. Like, what are you doing right now? And if you're stuck, like, let's change it. And here's also with the lead up to this, okay, because we talked uh, uh, quite a bit and like, you know, this is going down a rabbit hole, obviously. Uh, we'll probably do another episode because I know people like to know rep ranges and all types of stuff. Oh my, and, and it's like when I hear that, it can go so deep down a rabbit hole. Right, we we'll probably have to do another show on that. Um, uh, but with that said, right, one of the big questions is, um, you know, with, with putting on muscle, the nutrition part of it. Right. Um, now there's two ways to go about this, right? Like in, in Theo's case, it was pretty much once again, assessment awareness of how much you thought you were eating and how much you actually really needed to eat yeah. to, to, to put on muscles. And in Theo's kind of like a, a little bit of an anomaly because you know, the seafood diet is real for this guy. Uh, he sees it, he eats it. And when he, whatever he sees, he's going to eat it. Carb man. Yeah, yeah. We call him, we call him carb man. So it's another AKA. <laughs> the royal carb. Royal. But like, Theo's called carb man. It's like carbs give him power. Um, you know, but, but I'm, I'm going to like shoot over to Cody for this one for like most people that are, you know, in a place and it's like, Hey, look, I want to put on five pounds or 10 pounds, but I want it to be lean muscle. Right. So meaning like you, you want to put on that weight, but you don't want to also gain a ton of body fat with it. You want to, gain quality muscle and still be lean. What are some recommendations for that? Um, and I'll have you, you know, have you start. So I think the old fill in, I'll fill in. I think like the big thing is if you want to stay lean, you got to understand that it's going to take a little bit more time. So mm-hmm. don't rush it because if we do rush, we got to up the calories a lot and you're going to gain body fat. Now, I do think it's important to know that you can't expect to lose body fat while putting on a lot of size unless you are literally brand new to the game. So that being said, like a typical recommendation for gaining weight has always been kind of like 500 calories plus uh, surplus per day. What I would recommend is actually dropping that down to 200 to 300 
calories extra per day, usually with carbs, right? Because that's going to fuel performance. Um, that's going to keep it. It's very slow gaining, but like you need to focus on that slow gain or else you're not going to stay lean, right? Because if we create any sort of deficit, you just can't physically be in an anabolic state, which is what we need to build muscle, right? Um, so usually what I do for people is just make sure they're eating enough protein, obviously a gram per pound, and then we just add 200 to 300 calories a day from carbs, uh, from calories, from carbs. And then you kind of just assess and watch as you go. Right. So if you go two to three weeks and you're not putting on any weight at all, then we can bump it up another hundred. Right. And you just kind of keep going. Um, and then there's the people like Theo where you just literally go, man, you just, you just, you're not going to put on fat. So let's just cram as much as we can. Yeah. Well, even, even then too, cause like I remember I hit the, I hit the 195 mark and I couldn't really get past that and then we started implementing the the refeed days Mm -hmm. so pretty much like on a saturday i think i was eating it like my minimum was like 750 grams of of carbs or something like in in between like 750 and like a thousand grams of carbs so i was just crushing food all day on top of like my protein intake and then i was fasting for 24 hours um the the day after which was which was crazy you know but like he talked about like i i i did increase my my fat which it wasn't by a lot i think i was sub 10 i was uh probably like seven or eight percent and then i went up to 12 percent, and i was at like two 205 206 kind of just depending on the day just still very visible abs for you (laughs) right (laughs) don't know right but then you know i I measured that and i was like okay well my goal was to be 200 pounds and sub 10 percent body fat and i think you told you gave me a a a statistic that there's a very you know minimal amount of people uh on this planet who could who could really do that so i was like you know peterson yeah Yeah, so i was like man i'm gonna do that jay ferruge article is is really kind of good that that talked about that right because i think that there's the you know the perception in kind of I, I think in the world or even in the fitness world is like, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to be 205 and 8% body fat. I'm like, do you know how difficult yeah, that is? Yeah. It's like, and what it actually looks like, it, right? Because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, I'm 8%. And in reality, they're probably not yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. a, there's just no really good way of, of knowing, right? Yeah. Um, if you can see your abs, you're lean enough. And I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Having some body fat is healthy. Yeah. Like you need that. Like when I got really lean for a show, even when I wasn't really low calorie, I felt like dog Real shit weekend. because you know what I mean? Like testosterone's dropping, growth hormones dropping, you're stressed out more, cortisol's yeah. going crazy. So it's like keeping some body fat. So you probably felt better with a little bit of body fat on you, honestly. I, I did, but this is the thing is like, you know, on those days that I was eating like that, I didn't feel, oh, yeah, I didn't no. feel good. So well, we I had think- Because a box of Krispy Kreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, you're talking about the days that you were having like- thousands yeah yeah but even even then like during the week i was in a i was in a surplus like he was talking about and and i didn't you know there was you know lethargic the lethargic feeling was attached to that and that's where i i didn't really but like when i was in here you know banging out weights then it was like okay it felt great right because i had that energy and uh to do so but like you know i think that my question you know from my if i if i was to go back and ask myself you know what does it really mean for you to be like this and, and, and live this lifestyle, like what, what's significant about it? For me, it was just a number. I just wanted to be 200 pounds and sub 10% body mm-hmm. fat because there's, you know, it was really rare for people to, you know, my size to be able to do that. And especially to, you know, to have the body or the body type that I, that I had, 
what, you know, what, what does it mean? And is it really worth it? Yeah. Because at the, again, at the end of the day, like I sacrificed a lot in order to, in order to get there. So now I'm kind of, again, like going back to the foundational stuff, working on my movement, and then I'm going to worry about, you know, building on top of that. And I think and, that, that, that's why I said like, you got to, with the nutrition side, when we started that, it's like, let's, let's take it slow. Right. Because when you were like, all right, I hit a plateau, we're going to set 90 day outcomes. So we got three months, let's put on size. That's what we had to implement those days. And you're kind of going crash course to get there. Right. Right. Which is fine in some situations, but it's not always the, the route that's going to be sustainable. Yeah. I know for me, I set a goal for my 90 days, but it was very, very minor. Cause I know what I want to achieve next year. Like I'm looking at next summer because I don't want to do the fast route. Right. And then if you gain a ton of weight, then you got to cut weight. You're going to burn a bunch of muscle and then you got to regain them. Right. It's just, it's, fr- it's frustrating. It, it is. It's frustrating. And, and the thing is you got to figure out what the, what your win is. Um, you know, I, I talk about this in a lot of areas of life, but you know, in this scenario is like, Oh, what is, what does the win for you look like? Right. Is a question I always ask, you know, why, it's like, why do you want to do it? Like, what is the win for you? It's like, well, win, win for me is if I can dunk it. It might win for me is like to be able to step on a beach and look like this, but then kind of like keep that year round because of, right. It's like really finding out what your win is to where you can work towards it. And it's like this conversation where you said, you know, look, we can do a bunch of stuff in three months. It's like just your, I mean, homeostasis is real, right? I mean, the body's going to fight really hard. So maintaining that it's so much smarter and more sustainable and less stressful, you know, psychologically and physiologically to go at a slower pace and keep that right. Um, and even for you, which is, I think, you know, putting on 50 pounds of muscle and staying on pretty much the same body fat percentage is nuts. Right. Um, but that was a year and a half. Yeah. Right. It was it was, you know, it wasn't like a we did this in four months. Like, here's a before and after picture. Buy our program. Get buff. Royale. Right. You know what I mean? Like um, he committed you know, to a full year plus. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was I think it was a year and a half. And and, mm-hmm. and, it, and because it was so steady, uh, you know, it. Obviously, it's stuck, you know, and what do you, what do you weigh right now? Like, uh, 188. Right. So 188. And and that's kind of like one. I think 190 ish is, is kind of like the old number where he can stick around. Not, you know, not feel good. Yeah. Feel good. And yeah. it's not too much of a problem. But that's still 40, you know, 40 pounds more than than you used to be. Right. Yeah. So it it takes time. So just knowing I say that, like the commitment, um, the, the muscle building commitment, the you know, I want to get bigger. Like if you look at it as a long game and set like longer term goals and then like you break them up, I think it becomes not only just more manageable. I think it becomes more like you enjoy the process more. I think the stress level is lower. Like you can focus on, you know, building muscle and like working your ass off and hitting numbers rather than just constantly like, Oh, like, you know, I'm not 20 pounds, you know, it's three months in, I haven't put on 15 to 20 pounds. Right. So right. I think that's key. Um, and just to, like w- with numbers. So, cause I, I, you know, if you guys are listening, I think it's good to take and, and Cody already mentioned some numbers, like the, the number that I like to go with is multiply your body weight by 16 and then add 250. Right. So 16 is about maintenance for most people. So if you weigh 200 pounds, right. Times 12, 16, you can do 3,200 calories, add another 250. So you're at 3,400 calories and then adjust, right? Cause there's absolutely no person that can ever tell you that there's this one number that will just work for you. Right. So you start there and then you adjust, right? You go two weeks in, see how you're doing. Are you putting on weight too fast? If you're, you know, if in two weeks you're up six pounds, you're, 
You know, you probably want to like bring that number back down. If in two weeks, you know, you haven't gained a pound, then you'd probably go up another 150, 200 calories um, and go from there. And, you know, how much of what? I'd say it depends. Um, for most people, it's like, you know, 40, 40, 20 protein, carbs, fat, yeah. 40, 30, 30. Uh, you know, same thing, protein, carbs, fat is a good start. And you adjust, you know, it depends on body types, uh, you know, obviously somewhat as well. Uh, you know, if somebody's like really skinny or they have somebody, you know, have a higher body fat percentage, we'd adjust that. But that's a good starting point. Right. So just starting to train uh, one. If you're if you're kind of starting off full body training sessions three days a week. Great start. And then later when you're more intermediate, you know, you can you can split up and two upper, two lower. And like I said, these are like baseline kind of like boundary just recommendations um, because it's so it is so difficult to just go like one size fits all. Here's the rule, you know, go with a regular linear periodization right. or block or whatever. There's there's a lot of different factors. I say one of the best things is model, you know, model someone go with the group of people that have had some success hire a coach, uh, like I said, get a workout partner or a buddy that has done some stuff or, you know, and, and be around people that have been successful. And I think that's a very, very good start. And like, like and do your research, you know what yep. I mean? Like I know for me is before I found people that actually had success, I read about them, right? I was on examine.com. I was reading all kinds of shit all over the internet, T Nation, trying to stay out of the bodybuilding magazines because I understand that that's not always the good case for me, but just reading and reading and just doing your research. You know what I mean? I mean, I have a free blog with tons of stuff. The Vigor side has a free blog with tons of stuff. So you can just find so much great info. Um, and I think like just to add to the nutrition thing is like you said, like adjust along the way. I think that's huge. Cause like, so let's say we do the calculations and it does say you need 3000 calories a day. Um, but right now you're consuming 1500, right? That's a big jump. And if you're like Theo was and really, really skinny, you can eat whatever, then that's okay. You're not going to put on a ton of fat. That's going to be fine if you add a little bit along the way. Uh, but I think for people who are trying to stay lean, like in my case, if you told me I needed to add a thousand calories for me to get to my goal, like per day, I would probably add 100 to 300 tops per day and wait a week wait two weeks before I added more. Right. And I'd shoot for that goal of getting to that big calorie limit over time, because otherwise your metabolism is just not going to handle it because unfortunately our society under eats quite a bit and our metabolism have become adapted to that. Right. So we can't make those huge jumps and not expect to gain a lot of fat in the way along the way. So just like kind of like understanding you need to take the slow route and just be patient, man, set the goal for, for the long run, whatever you do, commit to it for like 12 weeks. So don't jump, don't jump the gun. Uh, you know, this is like one of those cool, man, you read a book and you see a program and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this. And three weeks later you see another program. Oh God, I was the worst with that, man. Um, that's, that's a big one. Yep. So it's like jumping, you know, but if you go like, Hey, I want to build muscle like, Hey, for 12 weeks, commit to a, a program that you're going to obviously a program that's structured and, and, and it's, and it progresses, but like commit to that and just do it and don't, don't dibble dabble. And you know, like, Hey, do you want to do three, five K's this month? Like, sure. You know what I mean, find a way You're to right. be accountable to yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like whether it's like you do it with somebody, you, you have a competition with somebody, you pay for it. Um, you post it on Facebook that you're doing this for 12 weeks. Like 
Cause I was, I was horrible with that, man. I'd read a magazine and see something somebody was doing and I would do it for two weeks. And then I would do intermittent fasting for three weeks. And then I would do like this diet and this program for another four weeks. Right. And I was just everywhere. And then I never had time to adapt and grow. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh, just a big point is like stick to one thing. Um, you know, the whole premise of being able to do a ton of things and, you know, well at once with, with, when you're trying to like build muscle, you know, doing tons of cardio and conditioning, you know, it's kind of like counterproductive. I'm not saying you can't do conditioning and cardio. You should. It's just like different amounts. But like, don't let a lot of, uh, I would say, um, you know, hey, I want to get really good at this and I want to get really good at this and I want to get good at this. And then I also want to build muscle, right? Like if if you are struggling with something, go all in on that. Um, And then later down the line, obviously you can mess mess around a little bit more once you've broken through your plateaus and stuff. Um, But I think we're going to, man, like that was, that was quite a bit. Like I said, you go down a rabbit hole of, of one thing uh, and then we can keep going. But um, thank you guys for being on the show today. We're definitely going to do a lot more of this. And then one of the next shows, we're going to have uh, a bunch of uh, Q&As that we got in um, that we posted. So the whole show is going to be about question and answer uh, for all three of us. And we'll dig deep into that. Now, remember, right, you can find us on both YouTube and iTunes uh, go, you know, be awesome. Leave a review. Even if you want to talk some smack, that's fine too. But, you know, just <laughs> give us an honest <laughs> review, uh, about how you feel about the show, what you feel about the show. Um, anything else that we could provide and do. Um, and we'd love that. Like every month we're going to, uh, we're going to send away some goodies for anybody that le- leaves a review, uh, like goodies for them from equipment that we use here in the gym, supplements, uh, clothing, branding, all types of stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of a carrot that we're dangling there, but it's all good. Uh, but appreciate you guys being with us. We will see you on the next show. Peace out. Later.